For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy June. Happy Pride. Happy whatever it is you're celebrating. We have a lot to celebrate today. I am so, so excited about today's show because I get to sit down and chat with a friend of mine that I have not seen in a long time because she is busy on the high seas. And as my dear friend Carol Channing would always say, and now she's an authoress. Uh, she's written a book about her life on the seas and about how you too, if you're interested, can get a job working on the high seas. Uh, water surrounds me. Uh, my last name is Skipper. I was born uh, in uh, just outside of Myrtle Beach and I'm an Aquarian. So it's all around me all the time. I want to talk about journeys uh, and the journey to today's show. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, I started a book group. And uh, the first book that we started with was The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. And I posted on Facebook and one of the uh, lucky for me people that signed up for the book group was Nancy Soleil. And we got to know each other through the book group. And she told us at that time that she was writing this book. And I said, when the book is written, uh, I want you to come on and do the show. Interestingly enough, today marked the end of my book group. Uh, new chapters, new doors are opening, uh, and I'm very excited about uh, the possibilities of everything that's coming up. I'm going to bring Nancy on in just a moment, uh, but before I bring her on, I have a little surprise for her, and then you'll all meet her on the other side. You're going to love her the way that I do. Nancy, this is for you. Hi, Nancy. Mike Maloney here. Really enjoyed your book. Thanks for sending me a copy of it. As a former uh, musician, entertainer on board ships for years, and then, as you know, working shoreside for uh, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, uh, Costa, uh, and, and still uh, as a provider of entertainment to all the major cruise lines. It's, uh, it's an industry I highly recommend, and anybody considering it, you'll find it so fulfilling and rewarding and uh, create memories that you'll never forget. Hey, thanks. Best wishes, y'all. Take care now. He really wanted to be here today. <laughs> oh, that is so exciting. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. He's actually going to be on the show um, a week from Friday. So uh, he's going to be on my wrap-up show. So, Nancy, yes. you did it. You said you were going to write a book, and you wrote this. This is your first book. Yeah. And uh, it, first of all, it's an incredible book. Everybody uh, work at sea, see the world. I'm going to put the links up so everyone can order this book. What I always advise people to do, it's not always about Amazon. It's calling your favorite bookseller and saying, hey, I heard about this great book. Do you have it? And if they don't say, get it on your shelf. I'd like to buy it through you. And then if they're not willing to do that, then you go to Amazon that's the way that I advise people to do this. So I want to go back uh, to your childhood because in your book, and I love the fact that you open the book not with just a textbook accounting 
of uh, this is how you get a job on a cruise ship, do this, this, and this. You give us a glimpse into what your childhood was like and how boating was a part of your growing up years. And you really wanted to be a part of being on the ocean. I did. I can't, I can't live without the side of water at this point. I, I have always, I did a little short um, high school, couple of years in Missouri and thought, no, 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 no. I love the water there, I don't think. But there's not a whole lot of water and there's certainly no oceans. So that's where I got to be. It's, it's the best. Now, I always like to go back to the five-year-old self and I asked for this five-year-old picture and here it is. <laughs> and, uh, I, I Look at you. Uh, yeah. And you're, you're on the left. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I am Tinkerbell. You're, you're uh, Tinkerbell. Uh, yeah. There's Peter Pan in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, oh my God. If I only had a costume like that uh, today <laughs> or, or then, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about this little girl. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I had, you know, great ambitions as a child. Of course, we all have big ideas. And uh, I used to spend the summers with my cousins, and that's my, my cousin Randy and his sister Cecile. And we were all dressed up for Peter Pan. And so Randy, of course, had to be Peter. And his sister Cecile was, was uh, Wendy, which is sort of the little mother sort of figure. And I was Tinkerbell still doing my little thing. And so now I am still flitting around the world, spreading my fairy dust and flying wherever I have to go. And now, we all grow up our, into our roles. It's crazy. Now, you are a singer, but you also uh, are a seamstress and mm -hmm. you've worked in the wardrobe department. So your entree into the world of cruise ships did not start out as an entertainer. You slowly made your way in that direction. Am I correct on that? Well, I started out as, as a singer on ships because that's what I was doing at home. I Well, I was kind of doing two things at the same time. I was teaching at a fashion college. I was doing costumes for local theaters at night um, in L.A., San Diego, and a little bit in Seattle. And the band thing was always, you know, my my joy. And that's what I did at night. Then when... I was living in San Diego and my taking care of my aunt who was elderly and she passed away. And when that happened, I thought I'm not connected. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have rent. I, I have nowhere to go. Let's do ships. You know, that's something I wanted to do for a long time. I'd taken my first, my first cruise back when I was like 21 and uh, had the guts to sit in with the band and ask. And they went, yeah, sure. Went, oh, yeah. So that was the, uh, the operative word there is ask. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but it took me, you know, a lot of years before I had the expertise. I had the time, I had the skill, um, I had the age, <laughs> you know, to be appropriate to, you know, to dive into this thing. So I always had it in the back of my mind and this provided the perfect opportunity to just get in there and do it. So I just got online. I find, I found a band in Florida that was looking for somebody. And he hired me to drive from San Diego to Florida and put together this little band because he'd done ships. He'd done, he'd been in the orchestra. He played trombone and he thought he wouldn't really prefer to be in the lounge and he wanted to sing and he wanted to do other stuff. So we tried that for a while and it just, it didn't quite fit. So when that fell apart, I got online again, went to musicianscontact.com and got a band yeah, and they hired me. I went, yes. So I had to wait for them to be ready to finish their contract. 
but when that happened, I never looked back. Well, Nancy, what I love about you and what I love, you know, from reading the book also is that all of these elements, all the things that you, uh, I would call them life lessons, things that you've learned throughout your life. You've brought all those things together and you have created a career for yourself and you're still doing it, uh, you know, even to the point of writing a book now uh, to, you know, instruct other people on what they can do. Um, when you first got into the cruise ship uh, business, uh, was it what you thought it was going to be? Was it better than what you thought it was going to be? Um, you know, uh, you and I talked a little bit, and this is the book that we've been reading in our book group is uh, The Four Agreements. And one of the agreements is uh, never make assumptions. And we always assume that some things are going to be what they are or not. Um, how was all of that when you began? Was it what you thought it was going to be? Uh, how did it fit into... Uh, the prism of the way that you were seeing things. Well, that's what started the whole concept of the book, I think, because when I was hired to do this, I thought, I don't know anything about what happens down below. You know, I've been on it, I've been the guest, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the requirements are and the time and how big is the closet? You know, little things like that. It's like, you know, I'm an entertainer. I have to have a big closet. How much stuff can I take? And I couldn't find much. There were a few little things on YouTube. You could, it would just kind of gotten started. And I couldn't really find any information. And they had sent me sort of a preliminary one about regulations and not too big of earrings and no flashy makeup. And this is like for people with uniforms. You know, this is, I'm, I'm an entertainer. Come on. I don't fit into that category. And so when I couldn't find any of that information, that's what made me think, well, after I'd done it, I figured, you know, somebody needs to know how to orchestrate all of this. So that's what started the book. But it turned out to be better than I expected, but different because I really had no expectations. I didn't know what I was getting into, frankly. I just knew I wanted to be on the ocean. I wanted to sing with a band and I wanted to travel. And that was that was the total motivation because being able to see the world and get paid for it is like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to be putting a few links on the screen just to let everyone know. Um, uh, these links uh, are thanks to Nancy, uh, links that she sent me that will help you. Like this first link are on uh, board jobs. And don't worry about having to copy these links and writing them down and everything because the links will all be on the YouTube channel so that you can all just copy and paste them from there or just click on them and go exactly where you want to go or reach out to me or Nancy after the show uh, with any questions that you may have or reach out to me. Nancy may not want you to reach out to her. Um, but uh, Nancy, I mean, I don't want to, uh, I want people to buy your book. That's the goal today. Uh, so I want to be very careful with what we bring up and what we, but you have, you know, every chapter uh, you have really scrutinized the do's and the don'ts. Uh, of everything. I mean, do this. And, you know, there are certain things that you, you know, um, for example, uh, you know, uh, roommate situations and, uh, and uh, you may not always get along with uh, roommates. Um, give us an example of a situation in which you've been thrust into a situation uh, with perhaps a bad situation with a roommate or something and how you got through it and how you managed it without turning off the people 
that are going to be responsible for your future with that cruise ship? Well, I've had an interesting array of roommates. I started out, one, see, the first one, I believe, since I was the odd man out, I was with a trio with two guys. So they shared. So that was fine. So they always put me with somebody else. It could have been in my department. I had one who was the, the Polish singer from the uh, party band. Um, that was fun. I learned some interesting Polish swear words <laughs> that I won't repeat here because I don't really know what they mean. Um, but I've had uh, a, an accountant. Uh, I've had someone from the kids club, which is our Adventure Ocean, what they have on Royal, where the, the kids play. So it, I'm just like the odd man out always. So to, I never know who I was going to be with. But as far as bad ones, I really have never had a bad one. Um, except for one Puerto Rican girl who just didn't quite understand. Because I was quite a bit older than she was. She was like 20 and I was in my 40s or something. <laughs> and it didn't, she she didn't have a lot of patience. I must admit, I snore. Mm-hmm. And I had gone to a, you know, sleep apnea person to get a, like a little dental thing to try to minimize that. But you know, I I bought her earplugs and everything, and she just and they and I have to say, I mean, these rooms are not like uh, suites at the Carlton. You, they're about this big. Yes, you ever seen Night at the Opera? <laughs> yes, they're very small. Yeah, kind of like that. So she's the only one, just because we had she was a very light sleeper, and and we couldn't. I've not had a problem with anybody else, so it was only her. But, well, obviously, I mean, to have this kind of lifestyle, I mean, it, it takes a certain, I mean, you're on, how many weeks out of the year do you feel that you're uh, away from your home base? Uh, and uh, you absolutely love it. You've got that wanderlust of always being in a different port uh, every night of the week. I do. It's, it's a little different uh, from crew versus what I'm doing now, because now I'm, I'm, well, let me tell you the story. Um, I did the job for about five years. And then all the companies kind of decided they didn't want jazz anymore. They're trying to minimize the expenses. They just want a party band. They just want the Caribbean band, the Latin band. And jazz was was excluded for just a couple of the very big ships that have a tiny club for that. And so the rotation into that was very difficult. So I said, if I can't sing, I'll sew because that's what I was doing before I ran away with a band. So it seemed logical. I would just keep doing that because I would see these teams of people come on board when the new cast started a new show and think, oh, I could do that. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. So I got hooked up with the guys who were hiring for that, and that transitioned me into the wardrobe uh, department to doing installs, which is a very different scenario now because – Instead of doing a four to six month contract as a singer, which was lovely, I got to do what I loved every night, play music, and oh, was, every night was a party. It was wonderful. But now, as I'm a contractor, I just go for anywhere from a week to two or three months, depending on what the job is and how big the shows are. We have Broadway shows, our production shows, our West End shows. You know, they're much more elaborate, so some take a lot more time, but it's it's a kind of a different scenario. The crew has no idea who we are because we're you know we're signed on as guests, and yet we're hanging out in the crew area. So, and sometimes we live in those little tiny crew cabins again. 
We're going to get to COVID in a moment because that plays a major part in everything, but excluding COVID uh, as if COVID never existed, what is the biggest change that you've seen in the cruise ship industry since you first got started um, that you absolutely love uh, in terms of uh, things that have gotten better? And what are things that you miss uh, that you think that have gotten absolutely worse? Mm. <clears throat> the things have gotten better, I think. They've paid much more attention over the past several years, even before COVID, as far as environmental concerns and that sort of thing. So they're much, uh, at least I can only vouch for Royal Caribbean, uh, but they go above and beyond compliance for everything to support the ocean, support the air, da 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 da. Uh, they took the time during COVID to reassess their circulation of the air inside the ship. So there's a lot, and they spent a whole lot of time cleaning because some of the people on board, they had to maintain a, a skeleton crew to keep it moving. I mean, it, you can't just okay. stop a ship for a while. It has to keep operating. So they took that time to just clean everything from top to bottom mm -hmm. and did some wonderful things about that. They took the time to refurbish things and, and renovate and that sort of thing. Uh, probably the lovely thing about coming back to service, and I did the first one, remember we, our, our first chat was just before the back to service. I was trying to decide whether to go to Singapore. I know. Uh, I remember. Ah, that was, and we that spoke was right after you went to Singapore. I did. It was crazy. Four weeks of quarantine. I put on 15 pounds mm. because they're feeding you bread and rice and, and desserts um, and, you and, leaving it by the, and, leaving, and leaving it by the door. Oh, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Great. I got a whole, you know, there's whole stories in the in the book about that because it was an, an adventure on, uh, by itself. Um, but the nice thing about that was once we did get back to service and everybody was so careful, we were masked, we were temperature checked twice a day. Uh, and when we did start having people on board, it was only a few for a while. We started like, like 700 people on a ship that would carry 3,000. And little by little, expanded expanded it didn't have much of an issue which was lovely but th there was hardly any people on board it was just so much freer and open and no crowds and so now that everybody wants to get back to sea we're busy again so it's it's getting back to full so there's uh not a lot of wiggle room we just kind of take the, the now, I mean, what i would like to do is i would like to dissect your career for a few moments um I, but when you first started um, and you were, you know, making, you know, uh, the connections and getting your name out there. Mm -hmm. When did it, for you, in your mind, uh, be officially become a career for you? Hmm. Where it was starting to happen and you weren't working as hard to make those doors open. They were all automatically opening for you. Yeah. I think it was the, the confidence of knowing the band that I joined was awesome. And they were a trio that had been working for the companies for 15 years. They'd been on Princess and Carnival and Royal and Norwegian and, and Holland America. They'd been everywhere. And so I knew they had a good route. Um, and they were a solid group that was re hireable repeatedly. And I was just so heartwarmed to be able to be part of that group. And we gelled. I mean, honestly, we met online. They, you know, I sent them video. They sent me video. That's a whole nother story um, about how we got connected. 
but once we did, I met them literally in Honolulu in a hotel the night before we got on board. And it was just, it was awesome. And I love these guys to death. I, I still uh, stay in touch with them quite a bit. They're both in Canadian. So, uh, but it's, uh, it's a, it was just, it was, it was just the best. I just didn't want to do anything else because I was, as I said, doing what I loved every night. I had the days free. We only worked at night usually. So I could travel and go to the beach or go shopping or go to the, see all the historical places in, in Europe. And, you know, we did Australia, we did Europe, we did the Mediterranean, we did the Caribbean. We just, I was the best. So I, what else could I do? So what was the light bulb moment for you that where you decided to write this book? I think a lot of it started with just the fact that when I started, I couldn't, I, as I say, I couldn't find any information and seeing the relationships that develop on board, the massive communication between, we have maybe 60 to 80 countries on board at one time in one ship. And the communication and the um, empathy that comes out between mixing different cultures and different peoples in that sort of arrangement was just amazing. Plus being able to see all these different places, you know, I go to Norway, I can go to Europe, anywhere, and experience their culture as well as meeting the people was something that people don't realize that is a possibility. So anybody who is of the age or of the interest to get involved, I would strongly encourage them to check it out. Cause as Mike said, it's, it's amazing, especially as a musician, because you know, you're doing what you love every night. Well, do you feel that ageism exists in the cruise industry? It depends on the role. Um, not so much as musicians, because mm-hmm. it takes that amount of skill and years of experience to achieve that sort of level of expertise. If you're in the in the orchestra, you got to read like a monster. You got to be able to improvise, and that's not something you can do if you're too young. So it's tremendously valuable for an older older person. Mm-hmm. The limitations are mostly because, spoiler alert, you're not just a musician. You're a rescue worker. So you are hired because you have skills and talents, but you also have the ability and the physical stamina to handle an emergency because you're responsible for a bunch of other people because this is a little floating city. And if there is a problem, you've got to be on this, you know, on it. So that's, that's the dilemma. So when you get to a certain point, um, as a crew member, it's a little more limiting. Uh, as a entertainer, you have a little more option because really, if you're a headliner, you know, you're signed on as a guest. So mm-hmm. you're not responsible for those kind of, you don't have that 80 hours of training that you have to go through as a crew member. So there are kind of differentiations between that in that department. Now, I I love that, you know, you've got a chapter here where you have broken down, uh, I love this, uh, uh, 
under the chapter, how to get the job. And you can see I've written, I've got lots of underlying <laughs> things here um, where you have, I mean, the amount of jobs, uh, I don't think there are many, this many jobs in New York City alone. Uh, they are, are on one cruise ship. But I want to ask you, um, it, I want to focus mostly on the entertainment industry because that's the industry that most of my followers and myself are interested in. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about working on cruise ships and the world and the life of what that is? I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people think it's always glamour and you will attest to the fact that it is not. I mean, you cover some of the areas in the book that it's not. <laughs> There's a little of each. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the the entertainers are kind of a different category amongst the crew. I think the best answer would be it's just you have to be flexible. Anybody who is interested in any role, whether it's part of the crew, part of the entertainers, whichever, you have to be very flexible because you're traveling in strange places. Sometimes you're having to deal with airlines, your uh, schedules may change often just because of the weather. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if the ship is headed one direction and we're normally going to have um, a day off because we're going to be in a port and there's a storm coming, mm, might have to skip that port, go someplace else, which means the cruise director has to revamp all the scheduled entertainment and somebody's got to work now. So instead of having your day off, you got you got to go to work. So there's a lot of flexibility that has to be accommodated and your home life is different. You know, you're, you're not home. So you have to rely on the technology to stay in touch with people back, back at home. And uh, like I say, there's a whole chapter on how to set up your house yeah. if you have to leave because it, it's, it's dicey paying your bills online. Thank goodness for some of the technology that's really helped a lot of that. So for anyone out there who's interested in working uh, at sea, uh, the first step, of course, is to get Nancy's book. That's not step number one. The next three steps, what would you say the first three steps are that anybody wanting to go into this world uh, should follow? I'd say the first choice would be take one as a guest, just to go on board see what the venues are like. If you're, if you have any trepidation about the motion of the ocean, see if it affects you. Um, these things are so big mm -hmm. that there's really not a whole lot of movement unless you're in a really big storm. And chances are, if there's one coming, they go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's not something you have to have to deal with, but at least it gives you a chance to get a feel for the atmosphere and the venues and what sort of jobs there are. If there's something you're interested in, talk to the guy who's doing that job and see what he says. So chances are he's been there for, you know, five, seven contracts. <laughs> because honestly, once you get started, it's really hard to stop. Now, I'm always interested uh, with all writers. Uh, when you sit down to write this book, are the first words that we read the first words that you wrote? No. <laughs> Some say they are, but oh, no. no, I had to revamp my opening a couple of times because it just, I just, because as you said, I started out with all, you know, sort of a story. The idea that you were going to go back to where it, uh, that love of 
uh, the ocean and the world of ships and boats began for you. Uh, did that process, did that come to you uh, late in the process? Yeah, because I was working on the technology, you know, the, the technical parts of getting all the information out of how you do this and how you do that and orchestrating the chapters and, you know, what should come first and what should come next. But when you get down to the opening, you know, that's special, you know, mm-hmm. so you gotta got a lot of put a interest at the beginning. Of, it's like a song, you know, it's the beginning and the end is what's the most important. So I tussled with a couple of different ideas until it just seemed obvious that, yeah, I'm part of the ocean. Always have been. And did the book turn out the way that you envisioned that it would turn out? Or did it take on a life of its own and become something completely different than what you had envisioned? I think when when I designed the cover is what made it for real. Great cover. I've got it on the screen there. I had, Talking about authors, I did have, oh, in fact, we got up here. Um, somebody recommended at one point that I take a book and just make a paper cover, you know, and cover it up. I don't even know what this book is. Comedy writing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I put a paper cover on it and just make up something. You know, my original title was No Guests Allowed because that's the big sign that you go into any any um, crew area. Mm-hmm. And when I sent that to the publisher, they went, Kind of sounds like a memoir. It's like, well, okay, yeah, I kind of was. <laughs> Never mind. So we worked out a new title. And then when uh, I was looking for a new cover, and they said, well, what do you want? And it went, I thought you were going to design that. It's like, no, just what do you want? It's like, okay. So I, you know, tried to track down photos and trying to figure out something that would be appropriate. And and once um, we got the get a better title, and the visuals of the of the colors and everything are just and the lovely thing about this publisher is they gave me color pictures because that was that was the selling point for me because I can't deal with books with black and white color mm-hmm. pictures. So anyway, so that was that and when it first came in the mail, it's like ah, oh my god. <laughs> it was very exciting. And how has your life changed since the book came out? Oh my gosh, I wasn't counting on another career. You know, I'm a, I'm a singer, I'm a, I'm a sewer, I'm a, you know, doing all these other things, but, and now I'm a, I'm a book launcher. Uh, <laughs> so I'm doing podcasts. Uh, I, I, I said, you're an authoress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I have to have add another, another skill set to marketing and, and launching. Uh, I mean, how involved is the publisher in terms of uh, getting the word out about your book? Or is this all solely on your shoulders? Mostly. What they do is they pre- they prepare a press release for you. Mm-hmm. They take care of the ISBN. They get it into the retailers. They handle all of that. They manage the sale, you know, if there are royalties, which is not much, um, on each one of them. So it's not a big moneymaker. But it's the idea of of sharing the adventure is what got to me. And I, well, you know, I see you've got this whole new level here. Um, have have you done many cruises since the book has come out? Oh yeah, and I'm surprised that a lot of the cast members that I I you know I bring it along, and I mention to the cast members they go, oh, I got to get one for my mom, you know, because. Their parents have no clue what they're doing mm-hmm. and how they're what they're going through with this 80 hours of training and flipping rafts and shooting fire hoses and 
all the crazy things that they have to do or living conditions with, with roommates. And so they've embraced it, which has been amazing. I did not even consider that. I figured it was more for newbies who didn't know. Mm -hmm. I think, why would they want to know they've already done this, but to share it with their family has been a, a blessing. And have you had a chance to do any talks on ships at all since this book has come? Not so much because it's not really targeted for the guests. And because really it is the insider secrets. <laughs> yes. But they're not supposed to I know. Mean, I, I would think that as, uh, you know, it's like doing, uh, when you go to uh, see a concert at Radio City Music Hall mm -hmm. and you get invited backstage. I mean, years ago, a friend of mine was a rockette and uh, at the Christmas show. And going back and seeing where they store the animals and where all those things, that was just as exciting as seeing the live show. I think the behind the scenes look at this would be very fascinating for the passengers. That's what I found as far as the beta readers, the first ones that read it when it first came out so that I had some, some feedback and get some reviews and that sort of thing. They were all guests really mm -hmm. and older who had no interest whatsoever in doing this job, but they were fascinated by the uh, the inside story. That's true. So, And what is the one thing that has surprised you the most about yourself since the book has come out? Hmm. Well, I just, I've, I've, I've had to be more versatile. <laughs> I've had to develop a few more skills. I've had to learn how to, you know, build a mailing list and how to, how to communicate with massive amounts of people and and get into PR and promotion. And it's gotten me much more in touch with a lot of different kinds of people, which has been amazing. So you, you mentioned that when you started working on the book, that there were a lot of uh, positions, a lot of jobs on the ship that you did not really know a lot about. Um, you've learned, obviously, about... Uh, and I'm sure that it's also changed your perception of the people that you are now communing with on these ships. Um, are there any other jobs uh, other than what you've experienced that you would like to try a hand at? Hmm. I don't think I'm qualified for some of them. I can't be captain. <laughs> I want to be the captain. Captain's nice. He works on works for 10 weeks and then he gets 10 weeks off. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think that's really kind of in my thing. I would love to be a dancer, but I'm a little too short. So I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. I thinking part of what I'm going to do with the promotion is start doing a little profile of the various different jobs on board, doing a little video shoot of, of different people and interviewing people when I can and try to build sort of a repertoire of, of exposure of people to, to talk about their business because they are in different, different roles that I'm familiar with so much, you know, I'm the accountant. Okay. <laughs> Not my thing, but she loves it, <laughs> but you get to see, you know, you can be anything practically that you do online on land. You can do on sea because it's a floating city. So, you know, we've got medicals, we've got accounting people, we've got, Paper, paper shufflers and guest services and salespeople and just so many things. Probably shore excursion would be fun because they have to go on the shore excursions in order to recommend them to the guests. So that would be fun. 
Well, I will tell you, you know, I've only been on one cruise, believe it or not, Nancy. Mm -hmm. um, it was through the Greek Isles. So if you're going to do a cruise, that's the one to do for me. Uh, I had such an incredible time. Uh, but when we went, uh, it, it was uh, the, they found out uh, that I was an entertainer and they asked me if I wanted to perform on, I was part of an excursion and they mm -hmm. asked me if I wanted to perform on the ship. And uh, I said, I would love to perform on the ship. And then I said, how much money uh, do you have for this? And they said that they really didn't have the budget. However, they would cover all my excursion fees and they would cover, you know, uh, I don't drink, but Danny does not as much, but they would cover all of uh, his bar bills and uh, any other uh, sundry uh, expenses on the ship. And those things add up. And that's a big surprise that a lot of people may not think about. Uh, but we were able to, I, I mean, I, I agreed to it. And uh, we, the excursions were just absolutely phenomenal. So uh, it was worth every moment of it. So I was glad that I did that. Good for you. Yeah. No, that's an opportunity. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little thing here. I, I've, I've done a little tweaking and everything. You sent me a video. And it's actually a little longer than videos that I normally show here, but we're going to show it. And I'm not able to show it the normal way, but I'm going to pull it up. Um, okay. You and I are going to be uh, on camera here. So let me see if I can set this up. Uh, it's, uh, bear with me because this is... Uh...
Awesome. Wow. I'm glad that we were able to do this. I mean, and that just, I mean, and that's just skimming the surface of, yeah. you know, the many different, how many of those different types of acts would be booked on, um, you work with Royal Caribbean mm -hmm. on any given night? Uh, well, probably most of them are going to be working at the same time. You've got uh, the headliners trade off. Obviously, there's only one major theater, but they would alternate different nights. But the other ones, the party band, uh, even the, the schooner bar are pretty much every night, nine to one kind of things. Mm hmm. And, you know, the pub entertainer, they're all in different venues. Right so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that one, that particular ship, the, the, um, the weather was kind of blustery outside. So they had moved the Caribbean band from the pool down to that terrible lounge with a big pillar in the middle. I'm sorry about that. But no, we've but, all been there. <laughs> but again, you got to be flexible. You know, fortunately, you have a stage staff to move all your equipment for you. So that, that helps a lot. But uh, no, everybody really would be working other than the, than the headliners, pretty much every night. So when it comes to your scheduling now, how flexible are you with planning your schedule? Or, uh, I mean, obviously you love this so much. It seems to me as if you can't wait to get back out there again. How long are you on shore before you go out again? It all depends. With mine, I'm between shows. I'm My schedule is based on when the cast has a new install which means the new cast is coming the old cast is leaving mm -hmm. and every about nine months is when they turn over mm -hmm. now we have several shows on most of the ships we have an, some of these we have an ice show we have an aqua show you know high divers synchronized swimmers slack line and you're in both of those yeah at the same time folks yeah yeah so <laughs> on top of the theater stuff so each ship having multiple venues Things are and we've got 27 ships in the fleet now. So I'm pretty much going somewhere all the time. I just got back from Alaska on Friday. I have a couple of weeks and now I go back to Alaska and going all the way to Seward this time to come all the way down to Vancouver. After that, I go to the Caribbean for one. Then I go back to my original uh, contract of Hawaii down to Australia. And then I have to fly back 17 hours to get home. That's wow. Not. No, uh, but I have another one in the Mediterranean while I fly to Venice and pick up a ship in, in Greece and Italy. So it's it's just crazy. It goes anywhere from a week to three months, as I said, depending on what the shows are and how long they need me. But you love it. I do. You know, it's That's just great. I like to be home for a minute just because I have really good Wi-Fi. That's good. <laughs> Something's a little flaky on board. We're in a you know metal box moving on the ocean, so it's not always as reliable as you'd like to be. If you'll pardon the weird, strange pun, has the cruise industry gotten its sea legs back after COVID? Definitely, definitely. There's and they're still buying, you know building more and more ships. We have another one coming out later at the end of this year, the Icon of the Seas, which is the new monster ship, but I know MSN or um, uh, MMC, oh, MSC, the other cruise line, they all have another big one coming as well. Uh, you know, ships coming and going, they're selling some, they're building new ones. It's just, and they're back to full. People just can't get enough because you get on board, you put all your stuff in your closet and your hotel moves. That's I right. Mean, you don't 
you have to schlep stuff from one place to another and taxis and hotels and restaurants and stuff. You can do all that in the port if you want to, but you don't have to. It's amazing. And a whole family can go. So something for everybody. Nancy, when did you know that your book was ready for us, the consumer? Uh, was it a decision that was made by you? Was it made by the publisher? Was it made by the editor? Kind of by me, because I think I pretty much put everything you could possibly imagine in the book. And I felt the need to get it out because mm -hmm. times are changing. Things are constantly moving. And I was I, it was frustrating to me that it took as long to get through the publishing process as it did. Well, you bring up a very interesting point. You know, I have shelves of books on, you know, for years and years and years, I headlined as Carol Channing and I performed all over the country and I was going between Las Vegas and uh, Atlantic City. And um, and I booked myself mostly, uh, you know, in venues around the country and I had books. Uh, and those books now are obsolete. The way that we did things then are not the way things are done now. Um, and things are changing at such, uh, you know, a rapid pace. And I asked you earlier, you know, like some of the biggest changes, um, are things changing also in terms of the way that people are getting to the powers that be and to, uh, that make those decisions for getting these jobs? Well, the internet has changed everything and the massive amount, numbers of contacts, agents, um, ways to communicate to ways to expose yourself so to speak are tremendous and agents like mike are looking all the time for what's on youtube and who's who's out there and who's putting themselves in front of the public so the avenues are much easier than they ever were before and when when someone such as Mike, and I'm going to have him on the show, so Mike uh, Maloney, will, I'll be able to ask him these questions, but are they going for a specific demographic uh, when they are booking these cruises or, and when it comes to the entertainment on those cruises, uh, which comes first, the entertainment or the demographic? The demographic, because honestly, depending on where the ship is based, who the clientele is that particularly would patronize that location, they have to cater the entertainment to fit that. As an example, I was on one about a year ago when the war broke out in between Russia and Ukraine, and we had a Ukrainian party band. And these guys were really good musicians, but the girl singer was totally freaked out with this whole war thing. And she, I got to go home. I got to take care of my daughter. Um, my mom is taking care of her. We got to get her to Poland. We got to get out of the country. Now the boys didn't want to leave because you know they're still making money. They're they're working. They're they're musicians. You know we don't want to go home and fight. So they stayed put. But the music director was the very first one that I had had on my first contract, and he came to me and said, "Nancy, can you hook me up? I need a singer." It's like oh, twist my arm, please. So I would sing all day or sew all day and then go sing with the band at night. But we had to, we had to do achy breaky heart. We were out of Galveston, you know, we're in Texan. So we have to do all my exes live in Texas and all these God bless Texas, things like that, that the Ukrainians had to learn these songs because that's what the demographic was. So we, we made it work. It was fun. So I think probably they understood my lyrics a little better than the boys. 
but uh, yeah, you have to you have to cater to where you're going. So that's that's the thing about these bands. You have to have a massive repertoire in order to be able to do this every single night. So and be responsive to what people would request. You know, if they want something, you get online, you find the chord charts, you get the lyrics, and you you put it out the next night because so it, it helps you expand your repertoire. It's kind of cool. And what is your ultimate hope that people get from getting your book? And again, everyone call your favorite bookseller, ask for the book. If it's not there, then contact Amazon. <laughs> As a last resort. Yeah. I I just think. I like to support local booksellers. Amen. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. In the same yeah. way. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with my desire to make people aware of the fact that we have so much more commonality than we have in differences. Thank you. And to be able to appreciate each other's uniqueness and, and embrace the diversity is, is huge. And to be able to be surrounded by this many people in this many countries and different nationalities and ethnicities gives you much better sense of humanity that we, we lose when we're locked in our own little town and don't go anywhere else. I'll tell you, one of the things that I got really from reading your book, Nancy, and I, and I love all the quotes because I love quotes uh, that are in the book. I love the pictures. I, uh, everything about it is great. So kudos, congratulations. Just look at these pictures. They're so much fun. Oh, that's me uh, flipping the raft. <laughs> I know, I know. I love it. Um, but in this business, uh, those of us who are lucky enough to be in this business, when I started in the business and I'm doing summer stock and I'm doing repertory theater and I'm working at the 13th Street Theater in New York City. Um, part of my training was pulling the curtains from the, when you did that and you uh, cleaned the bathrooms and you cleaned the dressing rooms and you did, uh, you took tickets in the box office, you did uh, everything. Uh, it's not just about standing in the spotlight. And it's all about collaboration. And the one thing that I get from your book is that it takes a village. It's collaboration. I mean, when are these, I know that people uh, buy their tickets. Uh, they, you know, they're going on a cruise. They're going on a cruise. Um, I never really thought uh, until reading your book uh, about all these little cogs and everything that it takes to really make everything fall into place. And again, I've been on a cruise, you know, and, but, it's just amazing the amount of people that it takes to make this all come together. It is a city. It's a floating city. And anything you would need at home, you're going to have to have there. So whatever you whatever you don't have, you get from the ports that you go to. But other than that, you're uh, pretty much on your own. When was the last time that you took a cruise just for the sake of taking a cruise? <laughs> um... Hmm. Or when was the last time? What was that? <laughs> Maybe 2009. <laughs> uh, or when was the last time that you had a real vacation where you just had, mm. uh, you know, and of course, COVID forced that on mm. all of us. Uh, so. That's true. Yeah, that, that was my vacation was, was COVID. So I stayed home and finished the book. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, I'm I'm performing in uh, plug. I'm performing in Provincetown August fifth, and uh, I, uh, Danny says, I don't want our trip to be just about your show. 
you know, and he's right. You know, we want to enjoy ourselves. We want to have a great vacation. And so we're going to stay a week after the show uh, just so that we can really enjoy ourselves. But it's it's difficult sometimes in this business just to go off and just relax. And uh, I did a little of that. Um, I just came back from one that was in in Cadiz in Spain where we're going to dry dock. So I arranged with my powers that be to go a couple of days early and spend a couple of days in a hotel, just enjoying the town. I ate my way from one end of the town to the other because the food in Spain is so good. And I, that was my, that was my downtime before I went back to work. So I, I kind of build them into my schedule as best I can. Do you have a favorite uh, place that you've been to? I mean, you've been, you've been to so many cities. Yeah. Yeah. It, Oh, it's really hard to choose. I would say uh, Venice is one because it's so fragile and it's just so amazing. And Santorini in, in Greece. This so is I, from Santorini. This is from Santorini. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite places on the planet. Yes. It, it just, there's something so magic about it and so phenomenal that they could build what they did in this caldera of a volcano. It's amazing. But my advice to everybody, if you go to Santorini, uh, take uh, the gondola uh, up and not the donkeys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they said, don't take the donkeys. You'll smell for days. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, just for a little fun, before we wrap everything up, I've got three mystery questions laid out. So go number one through three. Uh-oh. So pull a number one through three. Oh, uh, two. Two. And we'll see what journey this takes us on. It says, refresh your social media feed to escape your echo chamber and increase your mix of viewpoints. Do you feel that you're in an echo chamber on social media? Or do you feel that you really get a chance to step outside of that? (laughs) And I get choked up as I think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Social media is kind of a two-edged sword. <coughs> Excuse me. You, you need it to stay visible and stay connected. And it's been amazing because I've been able to connect with people that I've had long lost. Um, I still stay in touch with the same girls that I went to junior high with. And we have a Zoom every week. <laughs> it's amazing. But on the other hand, it's it's so time-consuming. And you get locked into your, your you know technology and your phone and... It's, yeah, it's, you have to find a balance. It's difficult, but, you know, setting a timer maybe is a good idea. Just say, okay, no more for now. Yeah. Nancy, I am so proud of you. I am so proud that you said, I'm going to write this book and you did it. I did. Thank you. I'm going to give you the final word today. It could be about anything that we spoke about that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message you want to leave everybody with today. Don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say so long, uh, the final credits will roll. Um, I am going to speak first, and I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, I know that you could have been anywhere else for the last hour, and you chose to be with Nancy and me, and that means the world to me. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, tomorrow is National Drive-In Movie Day. Uh, And so tomorrow I have April Wright on the show and a few other surprises. Uh, April Wright uh, is a documentarian, and she created the films uh, Drive-In Movies and Back to the Drive-In. 
Uh, Nancy, did you go to drive-in movies as a little girl? Yeah. yeah. I, I still, we still have a couple around here. Yeah. Ziggy, so. stop. My device just went off. Um, I used to love, uh, uh, do you remember the first drive-in movie that you ever went to? No. My mom, and dad, <laughs> my mom and dad took me to Fireball 500 with Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. So Ooh. that tells you how old I am. So okay. <laughs> and I remember that movie. <laughs> yes. So that's uh, tomorrow at six o'clock. Uh, so I hope that you all will join us. If you are available, uh, tell your friends. But more importantly, tell your friends about this book, Work at Sea, See the World. It's a great, great book. Uh, whether you are interested in pursuing a, a career in the cruise ship business or whether you just want to know a little bit about how the whole business uh, operates, it's a fascinating read. It's fun. I loved it. I couldn't put it down. Uh, and I'm not saying this just because you're my friend, Nancy. Uh, <laughs> you'll see my notes throughout the book. I've got lots of notes in this. Um, it's great. I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Pick up the phone and call someone that you have not spoken to in a long time. Uh, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, uh, but a phone call. And let them know that they matter in your life. Then order two copies of this book. Keep one for yourself and then send one to that friend that you've just called. Uh, and in the, in the front, you can tell them how much they mean to you. So they get a double whammy right there. Uh, I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger, and he says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. And I always say, I don't care what size boat or ship you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. And with that, I'm going to leave the screen. And Nancy, it's all yours. And thanks again for being here today. I love you. Have a great oh. day and a better tomorrow. It's all yours. Thank you so much, Richard. That was that was very heartwarming. I really appreciate that. I would just encourage everybody to expand their horizons and embrace everybody. There are so much distance between people these days and to recognize our commonalities and appreciate our unity is tremendous. And you may be stuck in your routine of staying home and enjoying your own circle, but getting out there and exploring other cultures, other kinds of people will totally expand your own perception and build on your own sense of gratitude for how much wonderful things there are in the world and so many beautiful places yet to be seen. Enjoy the world, expand your horizons, and embrace everybody. That's what I say. Thank you.